I want to hear you say, please bring pizza pronto. Please. No, I'm, I'm already Come like on. a couple. I'm like half Come a on. shot of whiskey in, man. I can't. No worries. I have, I have two or three beers. That's not a problem. But just say, please bring pizza. pizza. Oh, GC, not even I can say it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Thonk, a podcast about the mechanical keyboard hobby and what makes it scratch. With me, I have my esteemed co-host, mechanical keyboard enthusiast turned Switch Collector, founder of the aptly named Switch Collector's Discord server. He does his own reviews in his own Switch blog. He's considered by many to be an authority when it comes to Switches. He's currently completing his chemical engineering degree and has agreed to do this podcast with me. Termin Goat, welcome to The Thonk. You want to tell people what we're doing this episode? Yeah. So uh, with this episode, we are planning on go ahead and interviewing myself, um, or rather Vogon will be interviewing me um, as part of kind of our introductions to the actual people running this podcast. So um, either the previous episode or the next one, I will be interviewing Vogon as well, just so you guys have a little bit of a background regarding um, us and kind of the things that got us to where we are now um currently in your headset so good so um we always start try to start with the common and usual questions for all guests right and then see where that takes us and again some of these have been asked several times on other shows and you know video stuff but there's really a reason for them is that because people really like to know right and uh i think we should go through that Right, the first one, really cheesy one. What got you into the mechanical keyboard hobby to start with? Um, so I found out a long time ago uh, that I really don't like money, and I do like shiny objects. Uh, coin collecting seems to get a bit stale after time, so I figured keyboards would be a good way to blow all of that money That's very good, quickly. That's a good uh, option, no, I think <laughs> no. Uh, so <laughs> it was oh gosh freshman or sophomore year of college um, I was getting towards the end of, of my first semester or second semester I can't remember which one it is now and I, I developed a very serious RSI injury my cubital tunnel in fact um, was flaring up and causing me enough pain that I actually specifically remember um, crying my way through the end of my calc exam not because it was a calc exam but rather because I um was in so much pain just trying to grip my pencil or use my calculator. Um, and Curious. at 19, um, <clears throat> at 19, I'd actually had my cubital tunnel released in my right arm. So Jesus. Yeah, yeah, no, the doctor was shocked. He's like, uh, he had said something to the effect of, yeah, we tested you for all of the, the, the weird nonsense and couldn't find anything. But I got through that, and I was like, well, shit, I'm going to be typing a lot probably in college. So I figured out, figured out I might as well pick up one of these mechanical keyboards since all these uh, gamer girls really like them. And, mm -hmm. uh, but what, now, out of, out of curiosity, what, what made you think that, you know, and it's a, it's a well-established um, idea that mechanical keyboards are better in terms of ergonomics, stuff like that? I mean, what made you think at the time that this was the case, right? All because I had heard was that. It? I mean, all I had heard that was that they were better for typing long periods of time. So I was like, ah, great. Anything to help not feel like I'm smashing my fingers into the desk 
so i was like i'll just grab i don't know a cheap keyboard and i think my cheap keyboard my very first one that i came across was a um, an an pro one so an obbins an pro with mx okay. browns um, i was like this is great this will this will mm-hmm. be all i do so obviously now, that spiraled out a bit <laughs> yeah on that note so from there when did you realize that you had taken the you know the red pill that to reference our matrix movie oh. when did you really uh, realize that you had you know stepped in, into the really the big rabbit hole what do you think was the moment where you where you got that that really notion about it it wasn't so it was uh so i remember i got on the keyboard got and i was like this is neat and i was like well you know what I got this. I've been on the subreddit for a hot minute. I was like, I should get some, just something to help customize this for me. Um, and I remembered right at the time seeing Nautilus round one pop up. And I was like, you know what? I, you know, if I'm going to be carrying this thing with me to the computer lab, um, I got to have something to, you know, like make it more my own. So then I bought that set. And it wasn't until after I bought that set that I was like, like I hadn't even shipped to me yet. I had just bought that set and gone, okay. So now what if I want to get another one of these? Do I have to get like another set or something? And then that just, I think right then, looking back right then was pretty much the, uh, just it yeah, just yeah. onto the icy part of that slope. And Yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. Right, on that note, what are you currently typing on? Uh, currently, I'm I'm not typing on anything because it's in my bag, and I should have gotten it out for this question because I can see it on the script here. But um, yeah. why well, I, I am on Shh, I'm on internship right anyone. now, so I'm away from home. But I have a my Sirius prototype that I took with me. So I have a uh, the Sirius that was sold on Project KB uh, a year or so, maybe more than that ago. Um, I happen to have the second phase prototype. Um, I've got that nice. with um, laser and Okamochi V1s, which have all the fixings. So, Of course, obviously, a switch that I never heard of, obviously. <laughs> right. Now, on another note, right, um, one of our typical questions, do you even small? What is your favorite layout, basically? Um, Oh gosh! So I, I really don't know. I I don't know, and I don't mean that in like a disingenuous like I had I know, but I don't want to like say forties or say something else so the forty server doesn't like crucify me. Exactly. But I, you know, I that they would, but yeah, they, everyone uh, likes something, right? That's not. No, I wouldn't say like is in this is the only thing, but you know the the one that you find more comfortable using um i mean i guess i'm still trying to figure that out with buying boards typically i tend to like something with arrow dedicated arrow keys um and i do like numpads so something i recently have picked up well actually two things i've recently picked up include uh the clarabelle and also alchemist keyboards rain both of those kind of fill that very much of that that niche but i'm not i'm not really sold on uh, bigger boards or smaller boards in fact i've got a bit of everything and i i i think that if i have to pick one um probably would be like something i say with the clarabella rain where it has a dedicated set of for arrow keys and numpad but past that you know yeah surprise it's actually something yeah it's actually something that i really like in uh in 40 percent like like you said clarabella the the rain 
Uh, also, Mr. Keeps one. Um, what's the name? Um, Elongate. Right? The Elongate. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the, yeah. the things I really like about forty percent is those forty percent have a dedicated number row. It really looks so cool on them. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And and I if if I hadn't spent all that money on the Clarabelle, I'm almost certain I probably would have ended up with an Elongate. So um, yeah. just kind of funny timing how that all landed. Yeah, I'm debating. But still, yeah. Now it comes to the very, very specific question, right? Do you like them stiff or do you like them wiggly? What is your favorite keyboard mounting style in terms of typing? Oh man, um, I, I don't know. I really, I like, I really don't know, and that's a horrible thing of me to say. Um, uh, keyboard design is one of those things that still kind of escapes me. Um, I don't really have a, a personal like soup like i don't really have any preference i guess when it comes to mounting style i think the only things that i tend to think of that would kind of answer that question a little bit is i tend to prefer fuller plates over half plates and um i I think metals over or plastic plates are more interesting i know that's not mounting style but no but but i see what you mean so so basically more stiff than weekly right in terms of Let's just say metal plate, so you know the the typing, the bottoming down, and everything more stiff than actual, uh, you know, just plate mount or something like that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, and I said I like shiny things, so things like brass plates. I know they're starting to phase out. Everyone wants these, you know, rainbow colored FR four plates now. Oh my god! I, I, oh my god! Brass! <laughs> oh my god! You're so hey man! I love it. Oh my god! Of course, everyone loves it. Man, brass is beautiful, right? But we're all 1970. That's the thing. Everyone hates it now. But hey, yeah. Yeah. And now, last question of the generic questions. And I think okay. you, sp- you mentioned a bit about it before, but like, ergo what, bruv? So what are the limits of keyboard ergonomics for you? Where would you go? Uh, would you go cool. into the split splurgo kind of things or you're just a staggered guy with a regular you know stagger etc what do you think in terms of no i get what you're saying i uh i I, again i have really no interest and it's not even a speed thing so i uh the two 40s that i do have or at least two of the 40s i do have i should say i have a i have both a plank and a slant um and i can type it pretty much identical speeds on both of them have pretty little issues switching between those so i guess with respect to ortho versus staggered doesn't make much a difference um i haven't built any split stuff yet um i would gen i would like to try it and i'd like to if i guess did that i'd want to go something crazy you know i can't even think of what it is called but there's that there was like a a really weird looking 33 percent that had like a split like split hands and then just like a trackball in the middle. I saw it on some um, Japanese keyboard poster on Twitter. Oh, something like that. Like if, if you're going to go split or go like you yeah. just yeah, send you it. Actually, go to, you want to go to um, the deep end of it. Yeah. I do have one in mind though. Now I think about it. So it's a, uh, it's a fellow guy from Ohio. Um, it is the ogre ergo which i know is just ergo backwards um but ogre yeah ogre yeah it's his it's weird because it's it's a split board 
It's like an it's it's split in like the same idea that an Alice is, but they are it's ortholinear alphas, and it still somehow fits most standard key sets. So you wouldn't even have to buy a forties kit. It's okay. a really weird looking board, but it's, I think I think I've now that you mention, I think I'm I at least I heard the name Ogre. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's super cheap too, for or at least he's suggested that it's going to be a super cheap build just to get. So I'm I'm very much if I if I did go that route, I would definitely think about doing something that way. Yeah. Now, obviously, we're going to have to go into uh, your, you know, predilection, which are is switch collecting, right? And uh, <laughs> and question is so. Again, prior to placing yourself at the forefront of the switch collecting scene, how did you find yourself drawn into collecting them, collecting switches on the hobby? How did you find yourself drawn into it? Um, so I, I guess that, that answer comes in two parts. So one, um, my family has a... My family, and I say that, I'm pretty sure it's genetic, has some sort of fondness for collecting in general. Um, I've collected... I've collected multiple things before. Um, I've helped collect things for other people. It's just kind of one of those things that has always been something that I'm doing. So to think that I ended up doing some form of collecting with keyboards doesn't necessarily surprise me from a, a previous history standpoint. That's now, what you mean. Yeah. Yes, yeah, switches. Yeah. Switches are a little bit different. So I, um, it was like shortly after I had gotten that AN Pro and everything, and I was like, man, you know what? I keep seeing all these things. I can't ask my one buddy with a game, a Razer keyboard, gaming Razer keyboard, what his opinions are on stuff. Let me just buy this tester from from KBD fans. And at the time, um, it was only 63 switches. So now they sell 72 slot testers, but they used to only sell 63s. So I bought it, um, and... <laughs> I bought it and I literally remember opening it, messing with it for like two hours at my job. Like just was useless the entire time, just messing with <laughs> this thing. And I went, "What's well, cool? I guess I'll, uh, I guess I'll just go get the rest of them, so I know what I want for a keyboard." And then that—that's a very bad statement <laughs> for yes. for uh, uh, my wallet in the future. But that's kind of where it started. I was just like, "Yeah, let's let's go ahead and." Uh, get the rest of all these that's 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 a curious topic right because you know i know you have one of if not the biggest switch collection in the hobby right uh, something and, like that uh, and when you when you mentioned the amount right uh, you told me 700 and something switches i was like how you know the first question to any newbie is how how can there be 700 switches i heard that there's cherry and there's red and yellow, and not even yellow for sherry, but you know what I mean? How 700, uh, right? And well, that's... how do you get into that level of collecting? How did you, um, how can I say this? Um, you know, how, how did it escalate that fast? Um, so I, I want to, not to correct you on your own podcast, but um, so out the gate, it's funny that you say cherry yellows because... Um, they might exist um it's not oh yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh 
so basically there's <clears throat> there have been rumors and supposedly a couple of pictures a long time ago of cherry switches that featured yellow stems but okay um, see there's a really famous collector in china known as uncle fan who has who puts my cherry collection or cherry knowledge to friggin shame like just blows it out the water and he has not been able to find any like conclusive proof that those are real uh, or do exist but cherry yellows are are have a picture of them somewhere and that they are rumored to exist so okay um, okay so that's that's yeah see this one but uh collection you were saying though so um, yeah, I, so how how do you escalate from from and again sixty four whatever switches? When I bought my first switch tester, I bought a, a nine switch tester, and I thought you know that's enough, right? Because of the prices, whatever. But at the same time, I thought, hey, you know, there's all these typical switches. I'm gonna try this one. But how do you escalate that from from nine to or from sixty four to seven hundred? Right. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> so it's, it's kind of, I don't know, it's weird because it's like every day I, I, I have, if I remember correctly, I just have stuff that I got in the mail today and that puts it up to like 730 something. I don't, I don't remember right offhand what that number is, but it, it, it goes in bits and pieces, right? So, um, I remember like just looking and just like, all right, well, I'm going to get a list of all of them. And I kept encountering all these vintage things. Um, so I, I, obviously there's vintage switches to collect things like all of your Alps. And I don't necessarily just mean SKCLs and M's. I'm talking SKEWs, FFs, um, you know, SKCCs, tall CCs. Uh, there are a lot of different variations on just Alps, but um, the collection really exploded, or at least I took it seriously once. There is the that huge explosion of, of recolors and reprints starting right after uh, the Novellius. Now, how my physical collection grew, rather than just my interest, um, I had basically gone, you know, since I wanted to get all of them, I had looked for lots. Um, basically, just, you know, any any large amount of various switches I could get to really you know, help, help fill out the collection. And, and I had encountered two different ones. I think there was a guy by the name of Aylurion, Aylurion or something like that on Reddit, um, who had a large vintage lot that I had bought. So I had a bunch of my Alps that I still have to this day. And then, um, James of Alchemist keyboards, um, good buddy of mine, great, great friend now, but I had encountered him, off of some like six month old posting he had had about a bunch of Chinese knockoff switches. And I was just like, Hey man, do you still have any left? So, um, those two lots I got from Alerion and James, I think those took me from 63 up to about 150 within the first month of me collecting. So. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. You mentioned James because, uh, you know, uh, spoiler alert, we do plan on having him on, on, uh, on a, one of our shows, but, um, who are you spoiling it know. to me I'm, a, I'm aware <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah so you know I, I do realize uh, you know I, I do understand James also he's one of the big collectors in the hobby right and uh, from what I understand you guys started talking and then you know the inception uh, I wanted to 
to note that the inception of the switch collector server discord server that a lot of people might not be aware of but there is one it exists and apparently mr Thurman goat was the the the, the, the responsible of incepting that that switch collector server yeah um so it was pretty much a, at the point i think i had been talking to james for three months or something like that and i was like you know what man this fucking sucks there are no other collectors for me to bounce all these you know switches off of and i feel like i can't keep up with it which is hilarious now in retrospect because of how much stuff is sped up now with with jwk and duroc but he Correct. i was like you know i wish there was a way that we could all just be in dutch because i know that i had met a couple other collectors through him but nothing crazy and he's like well you know you you know a discord server would be a good idea and i was like yeah it's great man you know i'd gladly support you if you wanted to do that and he's like no 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 you're you're gonna do it if you want it i was like fine i guess yeah it went back and forth a couple of times, and he said it again. I was like, "Fine, fuck it, I'll just do it." <laughs> and I and it very much just spawned out of that. Like, fine, if you're just gonna keep telling me to do it, I guess I'll do it. Yeah. And how did you uh, find um, the response to that server? Is there, it, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of uh, other collectors and a lot of uh, enthusiasts on the Switch front that you know found maybe a place that. Here it is. You know, people like us. Right? Yeah. So I've I've met a great few collectors from there, um, but it's definitely grown just to include people so that they can ask questions to collectors because you know we tend to. I don't like to say that we are, but I tend to think that we know a little bit more than the average person about it. And looking at the literally looking at the server live as we're recording this, I've it's got it's grown to have something like almost 400 people in it and it's not an insanely active server by any stretch of the imagination but it's 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 busy enough that it's alive and you could pop in and really ask a question and hopefully someone within you know a couple of hours can get you a response and if you don't um you know we can definitely point you in the direction of someone who does know a little bit more. So it's 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 been less of a I guess collectors than I had initially imagined, but it's grown into uh, such an awesome scattering of people who really know their stuff. So yeah, nice. Yeah. Now going back to the amount of switches, right? So uh, I know that you are a big fan also of prototypes, right? So yes. when did those prototypes become your primary focus as in collecting them you know so i mean yeah i guess i i mean i can see this question and could have said something in advance i wouldn't say they're a primary focus more so that they're just like a, a super interesting i mean i i'd say that on my website that i my specialty if you will is collecting prototypes and I don't like to think that they're more important because sometimes they, they aren't, right? Sometimes prototypes tend to just be these, you know, boring near replicas of, of your stock release switches and they don't Correct. really mean yeah. anything more. But uh, so prototypes, I guess it started when um, right around the, oh gosh, let's see, or probably around the Duroc JWK Stelios controversy. And at the time, um, I was just really interested in. I was still really interested in switches and wanting to buy stuff. And um, it was Top Clack's website 
that had the the KVD fans T1s prototypes that I have now and they were different like they were noticeably different had darker housings um, came with different stem colors and, and they had came out well before the actual T1s and T1 Knights were released so I was genuinely interested in, in seeing what those differences were um, and when I finally got a hold of them you know got them from Jay of Top Clack I was like man this is really neat and I began to think, you know, it's, if there is so many, not so many, but if there's so many differences with these versus what was released, what is it like for other switches? You know, does does Cherry have in-house prototypes or samples that are different? What about, you know, anyone at the time? And now that's very much been my interest in trying to see behind the curtain, right? Because a lot of these changes you're not going to, get anywhere else um like i'm literally sitting here looking at two prototypes in my lap right now that i can't i'm currently under nda so i can't talk about but don't say don't tell anyone (laughs) but it's uh like i'm sitting here looking at the early design plans of something going on and i know that what i'm looking at is not the final product and it's not anything like the final product but um just knowing that it has gone through all those steps and it's not just like Hey, I called up the factory and they printed me out a thousand tactile switches, and you're gonna love them. It's it's a cool experience yeah. to see. I see what you mean. And I, but but on that note, right? How do you how does one get to that level again? And I know how in terms of obviously that you don't get it from night and day. But um, do manufacturers uh, are they eager to to provide you know the community? the most deep end community because again our deep end is probably what makes a lot of the switch scene you know evolve because otherwise we will always have cherry reds and whatever right but um do they actively contact you are they interested on 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 that how do they uh evolve on that sense right how do they so there are well so I guess I'll split that into two answers. One about how do they evolve behind the scenes because that's not something a lot of people know about. Uh, and then myself and my involvement with prototypes. So <clears throat> I've been contacted by a fair few vendors as well as um, manufacturers as you know, hinting to my NDA that I just signed a bit ago. Um, I have some that reach out to me and want you know my feedback or at least want to ask me a ton of questions about, you know, has such and such a switch been attempted or what are your, you know, what's the biggest faults with this and that in the community right now? So I I get that. I don't want to say a lot, but I do get it to an amount that I've begun to notice it and have some sort of familiarity with how to walk that line. Now um, that's almost largely in part because of the website and publishing the reviews that I do. It gets, you know, it gives vendors and merchants and manufacturers something to look at and go, okay, so this guy, you know, isn't just going to say, yeah, these are, uh, these are great. Cool. Really like them. Thanks for the pieces. Um, they'll, I bet I'll actually review it. So uh, if you're one of those above categories listening now, please send me your stuff. <laughs> but the, uh, the manufacturers on the other side. So there are, switch designers um there are people who physically do design switches and do the modeling for 
things like stems and housings and, and do the machining of molds. Um, I don't know any of them because I don't speak Chinese. Almost all, well, not all, not almost, sorry, all, all of the people who really do switch design are people who work in the factories over in China. So people who work for Gatoron and, well, I guess not Cherry because they're not Chinese, but Gatoron and Kale and Utemu, they're all Chinese speakers. They're not act. They're not necessarily, or at least I, I'm not aware of them as active participants in our community. So it's very much a. Yeah. I've never met them. I would love to meet them someday. But a lot of the evolution comes from people. Well, comes from the market, and then comes from the occasional person like Gazoo um, or C3 equals Z, who you know are kind of an intermediary and go, you know we want this, this, and that, and then they eventually crank out that design. So Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. It's a, I, I think it, it, it is a, a very important thing, right? It's the, the language barrier and, uh, you know, like you, like you said, most of the manufacturer, all of the manufacturer apart from GMK, you know, and Cherry is made in China. So, you know, there's this big, but, it, but like you say, it's, it's a very curious thing, right? Where, how do these designers and, you know, again, mechanical designers, these are people that know mechanics, right? How they're not connected to our, again, to our community. Why? Because obviously they they do it for big masses and for keyboards all around, right? Now, one of the one of, one of the things you mentioned and I wanted to, to pick up on was um, your actual website and your reviews, which how did it move into, you know, you deciding... You know what? I'm going to make a blog about switches. And do you ever thought that it would get the traction that it has today? Um, well, I mean, first of all, I'm I'm glad that you like it. I'm glad that you still like it. Um, I still feel the need to directly message you every time I put something up because yeah, I'm afraid. You better, you better, <laughs> because I could not like it, and that's it, and everything is gone. Yeah. You know, all the, the house of cards crumbles immediately but um exactly no I, I guess i never i had never imagined that it would get that big um so i still remember um at the time i guess going way back sorry not to not to get all way back on you every time you ask a question but when it had first started when i first did my like very first review i was working on the time on the stelios document the one that really like you know brought in people's attention to what i was doing or at least that my, I was interested in that. And I was contacted by uh, Jeff, Jeff CCY of ThickThock. And he you know, was like, hey, man, um, you're interested in prototypes. You know, why don't you take this prototype? I, I want you to have it. But why don't you write a review of it? Right. Um, it wasn't even a sponsored thing. He's like, I genuinely want your opinion on this. And um that was the very first document that I had written. And I, I specifically remember um, I had written it, uh, posted it in a Google drive and shared it on a bunch of discord servers. Cause that's what I had done at the time. And he later quoted me or quoted something that I had said on some official thick thock posting with a picture and like had my quote. And I specifically remember like seeing that I was like, man, this shit's weird. Uh, the, the, it's weird seeing your own writing put back to you. Um, and, and then 
I guess, turning around and I saw that a lot of people really liked what I had done and it just kind of grew from there. So at the time I was just posting in a, in a Google doc folder and I was content to do that. In fact, I should say I'm still very content to just post my stuff in a Google drive folder. I'm not a, a complicated guy by any stretch of the imaginations, but um, as I was starting to post more and more, people were like, these are great, but man, I can't read a PDF on my phone or rather I don't want to read a PDF on my phone. You should make a website. And it was one of those points where, uh, you know, a critical mass where it's like, well, shit, if I don't make a website, no one's going to want to keep reading these. And I like where it's going and I like the, you know, I I love the attention, right? Uh, (laughs) No, I I enjoyed the fact that people were appreciating it and I just decided let's make a website and now every time I post it still just still weirds me out hell even being here right like this is a I mean this is an extension of my website directly but just being involved in a podcast just I wasn't prepared for it or at least I didn't think about that you know a year ago or whatever that that would even remotely be possible so yeah but like like I said you know I bothered you a lot to get it and and uh, I'm really happy you joined. Uh, you know, I thought that I needed to have again because of our of our contact too and uh, you know, how we got along, but but at the same time I thought, you know, when I wanted to do this project, uh, me being a uh, like we spoke before, me, me being younger in the community, right? I want to have that dichotomy of of the more experienced person like yourself and all of the experience you bring not only switches but in your the hobby right with myself which is just a, a little pleb no and that's 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 being a bit uh maybe reductionist to your point and or at least to your end and that right like a lot of our conversations and a lot of the conversations i have with people in general like it's not just specifically a you thing but you know especially with you i, I really enjoy our our talks that we did have and um you know sometimes I think getting this far into the hobby, people who are as far as I am, or further for that matter, because there are a lot of people that are further along, they they forget what it's like to be at that point. And getting to talk to talk to you, or at least that intent, and kind of the my desire to help follow you along on this journey, it's it's been because it's helped reaffirm to me you know some of my ideas but it's also helped me learn and grow um just you know finally having someone who checks you on everything right because i think as you get along into a hobby you take stuff for granted you know and spit a bunch of jargon at someone and it's always a bit humbling for them just go like yo what the hell are you talking about and it's like oh shit i guess i don't know what i'm talking about (laughs) So yeah, I, I know what you mean, but uh, but yeah, it, you know, it, it's I think it's also that one of the things I want to do with the podcast, right? Is is that I think the idea is me being also a devil's advocate for all the beginners out there, right? In terms of of uh, of a lot of things, and speaking about that, one of the things I had a note here to talk to you about, you mentioned it twice, and I wanted to to ask you again to explain us, not me, obviously, but maybe the, the younger people that are uh, listening to the podcast, what was the Stelios controversy? And, you know, not, not picking up on drama, but just, uh, you know, if they hear about the Stelios controversy, you know, what, what happened? What, what was it? Yeah, so I'm not, I, I'm going to defer. Uh, I really shouldn't say defer. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and defer 
the full proper story to my website um because it's that's much better written there um it's theremingoat.com it's my literally just my name so t-h-e-r-e-m-i-n goat.com and it should be on like the second or third page um but since you asked uh the stelios controversy specifically was surrounding uh um these these switches that came out uh in very early of 2020 um towards the end of 2019 kind of all in that area uh, and at the time holy pandas were just coming off of this resale uh you know spike or or this aftermarket spike of five dollars a switch right um crazy yeah yeah switch. Crazy. well at the time right so at the time there were no um like holy panda alternatives right jesus and yok pandas either like had just been announced or hadn't even been thought of yet um so that was it like if you yes. wanted tactiles that's where you're going and uh kbd fans goes hey we have these new tactiles that compete called t1s people are like that's that's sick that's awesome um and then there were t1 clears and t1 knights which were the smoky versions that everyone knows now as kbd fans t1s and okay. um, these sold and people were really hyped about them and they were selling really well and then um, an accusation comes out shortly thereafter that from zeal that not only um is kbd fans lying about some switches that they're selling on the site but that they're actually selling fakes specifically what zeal claimed was that they were selling fake zeal products um and it comes to turn out okay. that um way and sherry and everyone at kbd fans were either incidentally or accidentally or were either incidentally or intentionally selling uh fake zeal products and these fake zeal switches were being manufactured at what we now know as Duroc JWK, but the same factory that these T1 switches were coming from. So the okay. so then as a result of being called out, um, KBD fans basically you know scrubbed all their zeal stock from their website as well as scrubbed all the T1s from them as well. And um, there was a <laughs> there's some guy on a Reddit and I can't uh, on the Reddit posting where zeal called um way out and i can't for the life of me think of what his name I is i think i think it's on on your post i think yeah I, oh yeah yeah I it's remember definitely that, there. that uh yeah but he he says uh yeah he makes some joke about um you know steely or zelios more like stelios you know a joke on stolen zeals or whatever and uh that kind of and that caught up that's yeah, it. yeah so it has now been referred to ever since it's the the Stelios controversy, and that's everything surrounding T1s, fake Zeal products from KBD fans, and um, yeah, it's kind of had a a major impact on the community, like the keyboard community at large ever since. Like I can't understate that effect. So, I have a question for you. So, so then T1s they still exist today, and you can still buy them. Are they different molds? Are they still Stelios controversy? Um, think about? so technically, technically you cannot buy T1s. So T1s were the, were the tactile switches with the teal stems and either had the clear housings or, or smoky housings that said KBD fans on the top in their wonderful comic okay. sans font. Um, oh, you yeah. can buy 
T1 style switches because those were made um, at Duroc or JWK, whichever you want to say. Technically, they were made at Duroc. And Duroc still sells um, like just stock from the factory switches with no nameplate, no branding on them whatsoever. And if you buy their tactile switches, their tactile stock switches, you're going to get pretty much what would be a, a near equivalent of T1s back in the day. Now, I see. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure if they've updated the molds. I would imagine that they have. So I can say that Duroc, ha- Duroc and JWK have updated their stock linear molds. Um, so, for example, their Pinoco switches, which were one of the first linears made using Duroc after the controversy. And those were using, you know, the standard stock linear molds. But the newer versions, the V2s that were announced, I mean, not even a, ooh, not even a week ago, so it would have been at the beginning of August um, of 2020, those V2s have um, a completely updated set of molds. So it's very possible at this point that they are still, that they are near equivalents, but they have updated the molds most likely. So Yeah, they scrapped the other ones. They just... Just updated them to the, to the new levels, and again, like you say, you know, JWK, uh, Duroc. Nowadays, they are. Uh, I feel that they're starting to own the market in terms of of their delivery. Yes, obviously, a lot of them are just recolors, but um, you know, they're they're very good switches. Um, I mean, yeah. So I, the, they're a lot of them are recolors. Um, to the average person, they are, or, or at least they're so similar that they might as well just be. Um. That's kind of a, a little like misnomer that I, I feel people get caught up in. There are some differences, um, and do I expect everyone to understand those? No, I really, I really don't, and I know for a fact that they don't, but there are some minor differences to them, but you are absolutely correct in that they are dominating the market. Um, you know, Pretty much anyone's favorite switches from the last, from 2020 so far, guaranteed anyone's top five list are going to have jwk Dorox switches in yes. them and that's yes. i mean mine included i'm sure yeah definitely definitely yeah on the on another note maybe a sadder note but i don't know um giving the absolute write-off that 2020 is with all this you know human malware and all of these things that that happened right uh what's next for you obviously <laughs> podcast that you didn't count on on joining appeared but uh yeah i have this uh, new podcast called the thock um is it sh- it's with never this heard about it. this asshole named vogon no yeah, apparently <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> uh no you should uh so i mean obviously i have this podcast now um and i'm i'm excited to do it uh, and i you know, I'm currently, as we're literally recording these and, and talking about it and setting this up, I'm, I'm literally in the midst of a, a an internship where I'm working 84 hour weeks, and I'm still, yeah, you know, I'm still coming home excited about you know spending most of the free time that I have for a night just recording or, or talking to you. So it's uh, I mean that in its own right it has me excited, but um, gosh, for the rest of everything else. I mean, 2020, I have a lot of keyboards coming in um, now, even though I'm not home. I have a, I mean, I'm still going to keep writing reviews and documents. Um, I don't know where that those are going to evolve to over time. 
Um, I just implemented my scoring system, and I need to start scoring more switches, but that's a lot of work. I saw it. I saw um, it. We can even ask a, a fan that wants to do the scoring of the previous ones, maybe something like that, where you can adapt to the scoring or something like that. Yeah, no, you, you I, I honestly me. don't know. Anyway. Um, I, I get, I mean, and not to dismiss that, no, I, I, I'll consider it. I've got, I get suggestions all the time, and, and like, a lot of bad ones, right? Like I've had someone yeah. who's DM'd me, I think three different times now, like, Hey, uh, why don't you review jailhouse blues already? And I'm like already as if that's like, man, you know, these are the next best thing and you need to get on it. But, uh, <laughs> yes. I, I get yes. a lot of really good advice and, um, to, to not anyone in particular's credit because it's been a couple of people suggested it. The scoring system is not a novel idea of my own. I I've had that suggested to me. Um, and, and same with the website. And I very much, you know, I, I listen to people's advice and, and desires and I try and, um, I try and adapt to that. So while I'm, I'm very lucky that it's caught on in the way that it has. And I've really grown to appreciate my, my following and the people who support it. You know, I have no idea what I'm going to do next week, much let alone uh, next month. So I'm very much kind of just going with, going with the community so long as they'll welcome me. And I don't say anything stupid that gets me, uh, gets me canceled like GMK bad and like, like really pitch for exactly. idea. <laughs> Now, on that note of the community, uh, our last question, the one that we want to do to everyone that uh, that joins our, our show, but, you know, going on a probably positive note is if you could change something in the keyboard community, what that would be nowadays? And let's just focus on today. Let's not focus on uh, three years ago. But Oh, man. You know, you <laughs> no, I, I, remember, I remember helping suggest this question, and, and, and I... God, I fucking suggested it. I have not a damn clue what I would say. Realistically, I, I mean, I don't think that the hobby is bad, right? I don't think that there are a lot of things that are really, really wrong with it. But there are, there are, you know, everyone has preferences as to things they would want to change or like little tweaks and fixes. And probably like if I had to pick like a big one, but not like a big specific one, it's that um, as I've collected Switches more and... I've talked, begin to talk about them and, and really have interactions with people surrounding switches. The general, and I don't mean this in like the harsh way that it's going to come across, but like the general lack of caring surrounding switches. And uh, to qualify that, right, like everyone loves the next GMK set. People will go crazy over a TKL. <laughs> right right now or a tkl or an alice if you step back a couple of months correct and it could be yeah. the same same tkl but like this one has a handle on it and these like those things are cool right like that's what makes a keyboard look neat or at least makes the mechanical keyboards you know makes all your coworkers jealous and stuff like that but um you know at the end of the day they are mechanical keyboards right and aside just wanting for looks you know you buy them because you want to make them feel better and i've always correct i've seen switches as the they're like the heart of a, a keyboard right like i could get an and pro like i did on day one yes and if i put 
switches in it, like like really, really high-end switches in it, it's going to be a killer keyboard. And go ahead and pitchfork me for saying that about a plastic case and a, a cardboard plate or whatever the Ampros have, but like you can buy you can buy a keyboard and just slap in the next newest thing but if that's not exactly like what you want if you don't take the time to explore just a little bit or or do some research to find like what you really want you're not getting the best keyboard that you could get and and at that they're pretty much the cheapest components right i'm not saying you need to start a collection but I mean, switches are are five dollars for a ten pack from Novel Keys. So if you're continental U.S. and you're not sure if you like, oh, maybe I would like the pale heavy or the the pale heavy blues or the the burnt oranges that they have. There's no reason not to just buy uh, some ten packs instead of going. Oh, yes. well, I guess I'll go ahead and slap, um, you know this month's best JWK linear in my key cult because that's what's popular. If you were to, you know, do that little bit of time and a little bit of monetary investment, you might really find out that you're like, man, fuck all these people going on about tangerines and H1s. You know, I really like kale coppers. And if that's what you really like, you could, I mean, you could build the best board that you never had even considered if you just do that exploring. So I really wish... I really wish people in the hobby would not care more because it probably would make my job harder when there are other collectors, <laughs> but, uh, you know, just give a little bit more thought and exploration to towards switches and what they really are interested in. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. And uh, on that point, right. It's that, you know, everyone hates this, uh, this, uh, terminology in, in our, in our, uh, hobby which is the personal preference thing but the truth is that it is personal preference right and, oh, and yeah. if the the switch that you like is not the high-end switch that uh, you know teha types or not not dissing teha but you know the teha type says that it's the best switch ever right if it's the one that you really like why not use it right that's that's the whole goal about it is that you know it, it's it's a hobby about you know senses and so if you're happy and 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 you know to pick up on that my my actual you know message on this is if you if if you're happy with your own keyboard you shouldn't be looking at you know other people yes of course everyone likes to look at a key cult like everyone likes to look at a ferrari on the street right everyone likes to dream about it and look oh you know i i would have that but reminds me of of uh, an experience i had in in geneva where there's apparently a club where you can rent high-end cars because you don't really know if you're going to like to drive a ferrari or a lamborghini or a porsche <laughs> right if you never drove it you don't know so i mean i'd like know. to have the money to drive one of those eventually but sure well, i would like to have the money to drive all of them at the same time but that's a different thing right <laughs> but anyway uh, but 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 the truth is that you know uh picking up picking up on your um on your note on that right and you know that there's talks about people saying get a, a switch tester Yes, a switch tester will make you realize difference in switches. It won't really make you understand a keyboard, as in every switch the same. But like you said, you know, and I've I've done it previously, which is to buy you know ten, twelve, six switches, right? And I have little macro pads, but I, but I test them. And I go like, oh, okay, right? And and like you say, it's it's very easy for for people to nowadays get you know these all of the switches and maybe out of curiosity, try them, right? 
Yeah. So, oh, yeah, so for yeah. sure. And, and to that, you know, people, I guess to kind of build off that, people ask me all the time, they're like, you know, go, what do you build with? Or, or what are you, what are you constantly building with? And, um, I have enough experience with switches now that I am actually doing like a, a weird circle in that I am trying to, or at least some of my builds coming up, I'm trying to take the worst switches I can find or take really super oddball <laughs> trash ones and make them something good. Like, like for example, um, cause I've been thinking about this one a lot. Uh, I clear a bell, right? A lot of people would go, Oh, you know, if I wanted a linear, I'd consider something like a vintage black because, you know, vintage blacks, you know, a meme or not, there is something that attract a lot of people in their fancy. Well, there are these switches called, uh, rre blacks they were these um you know cherry knockoffs that were in some wyse international boards um specifically they were found a lot or at least early on in some boards that were manufactured in india so at least on desk authority they are they're referenced in passing as indian mx black clones and i'll be honest they suck I mean, they are the scratchiest <laughs> things I've ever seen in my life, but I want to make them usable. Like, So I'm planning on, and feel free to quote me on this when I decide something else, but I'm planning on trying to make like 80, 80 gram, uh, yeah, like 80 gram RRE blacks work in a high-end keyboard. Not because I want to you know, say I have something that no one else does. Or because I, I want to say, oh, look at me, I'm so cool. But like just so I can make them, make it a really good board, put a lot of time and effort in and go, you know, take it to a meetup and someone goes, oh, what are these? Are these are these MX, are these vintage blacks? Are these, you know, H1s? And it's Correct. like, no, man, these are things that, these are a bag of switches that were literally given to me for free because the yes. owner didn't want to deal I with it. I see them. what you mean. Yeah. yeah. And it's a very... You know, it's a funny thing. It's it's what I what I really like. It's the eye opening thing, right? And and putting you back to the, you know, like we we're saying, we do know that our our you know hobby, especially on the higher end, you know, part of it, is very gatekeeper on a lot of things, right? And and it's funny those eye opening things where people try stuff and they go like, oh my god, this is great, and they go like, yeah, this is you know something that you wouldn't expect to be great because. You know, everyone says it's preference awful, is right? king, man. Preference will always yeah. be king. Correct. Correct. So, yeah. So yeah. So I think the only thing that's left to do is thank uh, our listeners that had the patience to to listen to us. Um, yeah. Right. And um, of course, you no, know, I I want to say thank you for everyone who showed up, even if it's for specifically for me, or um, to hear me answer questions or to just you know tune into the podcast you know even if this is the because i don't know which episode number this is going to be when we post it spoiler um but you know this is going to probably be one of our our first episodes and and i want to say you know if you're tuning in now and you're liking what you're hearing and you want to hear more i mean let us know but at the same turn of the hand you know turn of the hand we hope you keep turning in right because we want to you know, want to get to talk to you guys or at least talk at you guys about you know, stuff or, or talk to you with people who don't often get a talk and uh, 
it's kind of the whole point of the thought is given a little bit of a different perspective um, on the community. So, you know, like we said, everything's a little bit gatekeepy. If you want to hear um, Teha and I, I love you, please don't don't hurt me or blow up my DMs. Correct. But yeah. you know, if you want to hear Teha talk about <laughs> another key cult, I'm sure he will gladly take another one to build when they uh, finally release their last manufacturing prototypes. But I don't think Vogon and I combined have enough money for a key cult. So. Yes, indeed. Now, <laughs> on that note, if you guys want to drop us uh, a message, uh, our email address is thethoughtpodcast at gmail.com. So, the thought podcast just one word t-h-e-t-h-o-c-c podcast at gmail.com uh we also have a twitter address which is also the thought at twitter you know you can follow us there uh make sure to also go and and give a, a read if you haven't and if you're not already one of the one of the fifty thousand or more people following uh, mr thurman goat's uh, blog make sure to go and visit it, thermingoat.com. This is a, an amazing uh, blog for uh, switches and, and that level of, of content. If you're, if, you're, um, if you're a young person on the community, it's a very helpful in terms of understanding a lot of it. Um, and yeah, and uh, thank you again for listening and you guys have a good one.